How do I find a new job? How can I make a career change? And the biggest question of all, can I really find a career that I love? Hey, my name is Jen Smith, and I believe career success doesn't have to be at the expense of living a radiantly happy and healthy lifestyle. As a former HR leader and recruiter turned career coach, I get what companies are looking for when hiring top talent. What that means for you is an unmatched combination of insider knowledge and the best kept secrets about making heart-based career changes and navigating the ups and downs of job searching in today's world of work. Whether you're a recent graduate navigating the job market for the first time or a seasoned professional ready for a career change, this show is for you. So grab your coffee or your kombucha, pull up a seat and get ready to be challenged and inspired to move beyond your self-doubt and take the right next steps towards landing a career you love. Because you deserve a long, radiantly happy and healthy career. This is the Flourish Careers Podcast. Welcome back to the Flourish Careers Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Smith, and I am thrilled to be back with you today to dive into a topic I hear a lot floating around in the job searching world. And this topic is the hidden job market. So we are going to talk about what the hidden job market is, why employers use it, how you as a job seeker can tap into it through informational interviews, and why referrals are your golden ticket. So let's jump in. The hidden job market is a term used to basically describe jobs that aren't obviously advertised. So understanding the hidden job market is an important aspect just to help you set the stage as to why relationships are so important in the job search process. As a side note, I don't love the term the hidden job market. It's a bit misleading, although I know a lot of people are curious about it, so I do want to share more. And the reason the term the hidden job market is slightly misleading is because most companies do post and track their hires for compliance reasons. This is also going to depend on their own internal policies as well as the industry you're applying for. There's a lot of factors that go into consideration as to whether or not a job is posted. Many companies have very strict policies that job postings must be up for a certain length of time to avoid potential discrimination claims. So I know this is often the case for government jobs, and a ton of companies also have this policy. So let me put this into context for you. So here's a scenario you may have encountered um, that the hidden job market came into play. So say you're in in the market for a new role, You've identified your top companies and you start to take a look at their careers pages to see the types of jobs that are available. So one day you'd log in and you notice a new job posting that you're super excited about. So you go ahead and feverishly update your resume. You take a little bit of time to write the cover letter and get ready to apply. A couple days later, you log back in and notice that the job posting is taken down. It was only up for a handful of days. So this is an indicator that they already had someone in mind. That person applied and the job came down off the job board. This happens more often than not, my friends. 
And if you're the person that they want to hire, it's great. If not, then it might be an opportunity for you to build out your relationship building or your networking strategy a bit more. And I will tell you, I've worked with plenty of people where this has happened, where the organization opened a job just for them. They have to hurry up and apply within the window, usually five business days. And then the company takes the job down and they move that person through the process. So you might be wondering why this happens. And I wanted to share a few points from the employer's perspective. So as a company, one of the best ways to fill open roles or to fill your talent pipeline with super smart people is to leverage current, engaged, super smart colleagues to attract more people just like them. So current employees are a huge asset to an organization. So they understand the needs of the job. They understand the culture. And as long as everything's going well, hopefully they're advocating for their company to their friends and family. And many companies recognize the power of this and they develop referral programs. And some companies include very decent pay bonuses for these referrals. I've actually seen up to $7,000 referral bonuses for people who are hired and stay for a defined period of time. So let's say, for example, I'm working at a company that you are really interested in working for. You and I are friends, so I refer you and you stay at the company. You get hired and stay for, let's say, 90 days. I could earn a bonus, and in some cases, it's quite significant, like $7,000. So as an employee, if I could earn $7,000 for referring my friends and family, and I love working at this organization, I'm going to tell everybody. (laughs) So something to think about as you're going through your job search. Now, there are some organizations, these referral programs are quite sophisticated, and so they have links or codes that you as a job seeker would enter when you apply. So quick pro tip or an insider tip here from a recruiter perspective, inside some application tracking software, referrals are flagged, like literally have some type of color or flag. And then some companies even have policies that anyone who enters through that special referral code or link and gets flagged must be contacted. So let me put this in context for you from a recruiter perspective again. If I'm a recruiter and I have a job open and I have 100 applicants, if 10 of them are flagged as a referral and my company has a policy that I must contact them, I'm probably going to find five qualified people to move forward in the interview. And frankly, I'm not even sure I would get to the rest of those 90 applicants if I've got 10 referrals and five qualified candidates. So referrals are a golden ticket into an organization. Also, a lot of companies know when they're going to hire certain types of jobs long in advance. So they have talent strategies and they know that maybe a certain level or a certain job, they're going to need multiple of those jobs in the future. So they're going to leverage their current employees to help them and help spread the word. Another reason that organizations do this is cost. So paying for advertising 
and filling jobs can be very expensive. Last I saw, it was at least $500 for a 30-day job posting. And then you think about how long it might take to fill that job. And then you think about the effort to fill the gap while there's a vacancy on the team. So there's probably a lot of overtime, obviously a lot of stress, and there's added costs. So if an org, the other thing, if an organization is going to hire an agency to help recruit for that role, it typically costs 10 to 30% of the salary. So say I have an open job, it's been open for 45 days, it's super niche, I can't find anybody to fill the job, so we're gonna go hire an agency to help us. Let's say the salary for this job is $100,000. I'm likely going to have to pay an agency 10 to 30% of that. So up to $30,000, I'm going to pay an agency to help me fill this job. So that's just an example. It's kind of an extreme example, but it gives you an idea that hiring can be expensive on multiple fronts from advertising to leveraging agencies. So based on those last two points around a $7,000 bonus to my employees or a $30,000 you know, fee to an agency, I know personally, I'd much rather pay my current employee a bonus versus an agency. Another reason that companies leverage word of mouth or the hidden job market is that sometimes they want to keep hiring decisions confidential, so they avoid posting the jobs or advertising. So perhaps the organization is opening a new division and it's not public knowledge, or they have upcoming retirements that aren't public knowledge, Or maybe they want to start filling their talent pipeline for a particular role. So they're not necessarily going to advertise for their roles. They're going to refer or um, work on having their employees send in referrals. So these are some of the reasons why companies tap into this quote-unquote hidden job market and leverage word of mouth to fill positions. Now let's talk about how you as a job seeker can tap into the hidden job market. No surprise, it starts with your network and building relationships. So ultimately, it's in your best interest to build relationships with future colleagues at your top companies. I talked a little bit about this in the episode on heart-based networking, so I'll make sure we add that to the show notes. But the idea here is that you start to build relationships with people at your top organizations And then you get thought of before the jobs ever even come open. And I always recommend doing what's comfortable for you. So start with people you know. Start with your friends and family. They are your advocates and they want to help you. And keep in mind, everyone knows someone. So you start talking with your friends and family about organizations that you really want to work at. And lo and behold, they know somebody and can introduce you. This is a great place to start. From there, I recommend starting to get to know people at your top companies and eventually when you're comfortable, when you're ready, ask for an informational interview. I also like to call these advice chats. I heard that terminology somewhere and I think it's a lot less formal than the word informational interview and it just makes it feel much more comfortable. So advice chats are a fantastic way to build relationships. So typically, they are conversations that are much more casual. They're less stressful than any kind of regular interview. They're typically shorter in duration, so I usually recommend 15 to 30 minutes. They're perfect for learning about a new organization, a role, or an industry. 
Super smart way to build relationships. And it also can be a double double whammy. So you're gathering data and information about a company to learn whether or not you want to work there and building your community in a very strategic way. I like to think about these as conversations where I'm creating and building and meeting new professional friends. When it comes down to it, Normally, people love to talk about themselves, and if they're working at a great company, they want to tell the world about it. So let's talk a little bit about some of the details around informational interviews or advice chats. So these conversations are especially effective when there's no job at stake. So you could do an informational interview when there's a role open that you're interested in, or you could just start building relationships at your top companies before the jobs even come open. So again, you're thought of when the jobs do come open. So if you're proactive and you've planned out your organizations and you want to start building the relationships when there's no job at stake, it makes the conversations so much more comfortable because no one's selling anything. So you as a job seeker aren't selling yourself. The company isn't selling a job to you because they have an opening on their team and they really need somebody to fill it. It's a much more neutral conversation. So one of the most common questions I get asked about informational interviews is who to reach out to. So I recommend starting with peers in the function or the department you're interested in. So say you're interested in a marketing manager role, you might go on LinkedIn or start asking your network if they know anybody who is in a marketing manager role at your top companies. I think starting with a peer is a really comfortable way to learn and gain information about that team. Hiring managers, HR leaders, department heads are all obviously great people to start building relationships with. I also start to recommend to people, try a mix of new people and tenured people at an organization. So if you're on LinkedIn and you can see that somebody started maybe six months ago, It might be fun to have an informational interview with them and ask how they got their foot in the door and ask what they love about the company, what they don't love about the company. And then you could compare that conversation to somebody who's more seasoned or tenured to learn about the organization. Recruiters are also great to reach out to, although side note is that they get a lot of people reaching out to them. So if you're going to reach out to a recruiter, you must stand out. Another option is to find the person who does the job that you're interested in and reach out to them and talk to them about what it's like. That will give you really good information. And who knows, maybe they're going to be hiring for another one uh, in the near future that you'll get thought of. In terms of um, how to reach out, I always recommend if you have a warm connection or someone in common, it's great to get an introduction. You could always leverage LinkedIn to see if you have a first or second level connection. And if not, it is completely okay to connect with strangers, especially on LinkedIn. That's what it's for. So I always recommend if you are going to reach out to someone you don't know, you want to try to engage with them online a little bit if you see that they're posting anything or make sure that your initial outreach is personalized. So find something in common with them or pay them a compliment. Do something that's going to personalize the ask that will stand out and will help you get a response. And the other thing when I think about folks reaching out for informational interviews is that you want to make it as easy as possible for that person to say yes. So be professional, 
brief, set clear expectations. You want to be super courteous of the other person's time. So just asking for 15 minutes is a really easy ask. And to me, if someone asks me for 15 minutes, I can find that time. So you always want to be as clear as possible about what you're looking for before you ask. Then you want to think about your agenda. Now, I'll tell you, I had someone once reach out to me for an informational interview. It was in a slower period. This is when I was in, uh, in human resources. So I set up the time with them and they got on the phone and had no agenda. They literally said, so what kind of jobs do you have for me? I've never met this person. I had no idea what their background was. I didn't know what they wanted. It was terrible. <laughs> so you want to make sure you have a thoughtful agenda, share your story, Think about what you genuinely want to know about that person or the role or the industry and jot down a list of questions. And of course, I always recommend leading with that service mindset and think about how you might offer value to the conversation. So a couple sample questions to ask is, uh, you could start to think about your core and lifestyle values and ask how the company demonstrates those values. So for example, one of my core values is flexibility. I could ask something like, I value flexibility. Can you share an example of how flexibility comes to life at your company? Or you could talk about your strengths. You know, for example, one of my strengths is strategic thinking. Does this job allow for big picture thinking? So just depending on your situation, you want to be really thoughtful about your questions and think about what you genuinely want to know. Make sure you've done the research in advance so you don't waste one second of the other person's time. When you come across prepared, competent, smart, and thoughtful, that's when they're going to invite you to join the team. I love when people get curious. You can, you know, really approach the conversation with curiosity and interest. And that approach will help you feel like you're not selling yourself. You're not asking strangers for jobs. You're literally just getting to know somebody and gathering information about an organization. And then the other point I want to mention here is think about your closing. So as your conversation's coming to a close, you could always ask for another connection at the, on the team or somebody at the company. If there is a job open, you could ask for an introduction to a hiring manager or a recruiter, or you could set the stage to say and stay in touch with them. You could say something like, would it be okay if I follow up with you in a few weeks? Or if there is a job you're interested in, and depending on your relationship, you could ask for that referral code and apply for a job through the referrals. Lastly, leave a great impression. Be memorable. Follow up with a thank you email. I will tell you, nobody does this. And it kills me every single time. So send a thank you email. Let them know you really appreciate their time. Reiterate a key point that you took from the conversation. Let them know that you want to stay in touch. We went into a whole episode on follow-up. And I remember saying this, saying that I'm not sure who coined it, but there's fortune in the follow-up. So please make sure that you are sending that thank you note after the informational conversation. Okay, so let me just give you a quick example. So I was working with one of my beloved community members, Jasmine, and she was changing from a academic and scientific background into an up-and-coming wellness organization. 
So she has a very lovely and quiet personality. So what she ended up doing was seeking out a handful of folks who worked at her top company on LinkedIn, and she connected with them. Then she noticed that the company was hosting a free wellness webinar to learn about trends that they were talking about in the industry. So she joined the webinar and then followed up afterwards with the presenter. She sent a very personalized email that shared what she loved about the conversation and asked for 15 minutes to learn more. This one 15-minute conversation opened the door to a handful more of informational interviews, and she made her change happen. I personally had a handful of informational interviews with career coaches when I was moving from the corporate space into career coaching. Everyone was so incredibly generous, and I'm still in touch with all of them today. So you can do this in a way that's comfortable for you, but just know that these informational interviews can be your golden ticket into one of your top organizations. So in summary, the hidden job market is a term used to describe the jobs that aren't obviously advertised. Employers use it for a number of different reasons. One potentially could be cost because advertising and filling jobs is expensive. Confidentiality, they might not want to post a job due to a restructure or retirement or something that's not publicly known. And the number one reason is to tap into top talent through their current employees. They know their current employees are likely to refer additional super smart colleagues to their organization. So referrals are your best bet for getting your foot in the door with a new company. Informational interviews are an excellent way to gain real inside scoop about your top companies, especially when there's no job at stake. You start to build these relationships in a thoughtful way, and then you are contacted when the jobs are available. These are a fantastic way to build those strategic relationships that lead to referrals, and before you know it, you are on your way to your next best job. Of course, you want to be thoughtful in your approach for informational interviews, lead with a service mindset, generate curiosity and connection, and as always, do what's comfortable for you because you deserve a long, radiantly happy and healthy career. That's all for today, my friends. I will be back with you next week. And in the meantime, if you're enjoying the show, I'd be so grateful if you took a moment to share it with someone who might find it helpful. As always, for detailed show notes, please go ahead and visit the Flourish Careers blog. I'll talk to you next week.